The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Well, hey, let me tell you about a couple of things that uh, are coming up. Uh, actually, I want to do one thing because I didn't want to forget. We welcomed guests, but we have some special guests that are visiting with us today. Josiah and Eleanor Armstrong are here. They uh, were on staff with us. I, we think it was 2018. We're uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, Eleanor knows best. So, um, and I just, I love, I love when, uh, when, when people are able to come back. I, I gave them a tour and showed them around, and it's just exciting. So guys, thank you for being here. You know, you being here just reminds me, all the people that God has brought into our lives along the journey here at Harvest, you guys played uh, a, a very special part, and it just does my heart good to see you this morning. So thank you for being here. Um, so I just wanted to welcome you. I, let me tell you about a few things that are going on uh, in the ne- next few weeks and even months. Uh, we do something called open house. If you've ever been to uh, an open house, maybe you were in the market uh, to buy a house. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, except it's for our church, right? So this is for you. If you're new to Harvest, if you're, you're checking us out, if you're trying to figure out how you might want to get involved in one of our dream teams, this is the best next step for you is to come to open house. And our next one's coming up on April the 12th. So I know it's a little ways out, but I also know that you live busy lives and you need to put it on your calendar now. And uh, it's so much fun, y'all. You'll get to meet all of our team, all of our dream team leaders. We do a tour of the facility. You see where everything uh, takes place. You hear about all of the dream teams. We feed you dinner. We have child care. We have dinner for your children. I mean, we've really just done everything we can to make it a great night, and, uh, and I would love for you to do that. So you can sign up on our website or through the Church Center app. Let us know that you're coming. We'll be ready for you, and uh, it's going to be just a great night. And then this is the last time we're going to announce this, but this coming Friday, uh, we have what's called a parents night out. And I know a lot of our our parents, especially with like the young children, you're super excited. We plan this for Valentine's weekend so that you can come by on Friday, drop your kids off with our amazing Harvest uh, Kids Dream Team, and they're going to take care of your kids. Your kids are going to have a ton of fun. They're not going to even know you're gone, all right? And you get to go on a date and uh, just have a great night. And so if you have not signed up for that, I know a bunch of you have, make sure to do that because that is happening uh, this Friday night. And then I wanted to make sure that you are aware we have uh, three services that happen once a month that are specific to a, 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 a demographic. And two of these you've known about, but one is brand new. So on the first Wednesday, Wednesday of every month, our Harvest Senior Adults gather and they have a blast, y'all. I'm just telling you, I try to be here on those nights, at least for the potluck, all right, if nothing else, because they eat really, really good, and Pastor Jerry and Linda uh, lead an incredible service on the first Wednesday uh, of every month, and then on the last Wednesday of the month, this just started in January, they had their first one, is our Harvest Young Adults, so they, they have, all right, there you go, and so they have a life group that meets, but then on the last Wednesday of the month, they have uh, their own service, and they kicked it off in January, and Amber preached at that one. I heard great things, and um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm slated to preach in March at the Young Adult Service, and I'm excited because uh, for one evening, I will feel young. I will feel very young. I will, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a, a lot of fun, but then this is brand new. It starts this month, February, the last Tuesday of the month. We're starting a Spanish service, all right, and I'm super excited about that. You might not even know, but we have a, a, 
uh, enough uh, Spanish-speaking, uh, most of them are bilingual, but not all of them, uh, that are coming to Harvest. And in fact, they're translating our services on Sundays. And so they came and they said, hey, what about a, a, a monthly service? And I'm really excited about this. So that's starting the last Tuesday of the month. And we wanted you to know uh, that that was coming up. And then, different announcement, we've been talking about men's conference and we're, we're like right around the corner. You have a week and a half to sign up. Guys, over 500 men from around the state have already signed up. They're coming to Albuquerque uh, February 23rd and 24th. It's going to be epic. I think we have 65 guys from Harvest, so there's still time for you to sign up. Uh, but here's the deal is uh, Lisa and her team, they felt like the ladies were kind of feeling left out, uh, and I'm seeing some heads nod, and I don't know why y'all feel left out, because there's like 14 uh, million women's events at Harvest. All, like there, Y'all can't get enough parties. But there's another one coming up, and, and you need to know about it. Uh, this is called the If Gathering, okay? Women's If Gathering. It's happening March 22 and 23. Registration opens today, and uh, it's going to I'm just it's going to be epic. I'm just telling y'all, I, I always sneak in for part of uh, the, the If Gathering. I have a key to the building, so I come, and I just I check things out, and the, the, this is always a wonderful time for our, uh, our ladies, and you're going to want to register because it, it's going to fill up. I promise you. I know it will, and so today it opens. There's a, an early bird price. It's $39, uh, but then, and I love that we're able to do this because of your generosity, so students is $19, and single moms is only $19, and uh, we do that because we want every lady to be able to participate in this. It includes um, a, a, a lot of food. I won't even go into that. It includes all, all, everything. You're just going to want uh, to be a part of that. And so ladies, start registering. Do better than the men, okay? The men waited till the last minute. Do better than them. Sign up today. Take the pressure off of Lisa and the team and just let them know that you're coming and it's going to be incredible. And then I have one last announcement. There's a lot going on, right? Take a deep breath. There's a lot going on. Uh, we are starting something in two weeks called Alpha. Uh, it's a seven-week discipleship course, and I'm super excited because for a while we've been trying to answer uh, this. This it's a good problem. We have a lot of people that are making decisions to accept Christ, to follow Jesus, to get baptized, and we needed something to help with some next steps. And so we are starting something called Alpha. And because it's brand new, we're just asking everyone because uh, we've never done this that if you would take seven Sunday nights, okay, seven Sunday nights, there, we're starting on the 25th of February. There will be five Sunday nights. We'll take Easter uh, weekend off, and then we'll have two weeks following that. And we're just going to walk through some really, some basics of following Jesus. And, and here's what I know is, uh, is for those of you that you follow Jesus for a long time, even for you, I think this is going to be really, really good. And so we're just asking you to, to, to take seven weeks and meet us on Sunday nights, go through Alpha, and then you'll know. So as people are coming in, you can help us. You can say, hey, have you been to Alpha yet? And you'll know about it. You'll have been through it. And so that's coming up. We, a bunch of you already signed up. You jumped on it last week. Thank you for doing that. That registration is open now. And I want to show you a quick video uh, that'll tell you a little more about Alpha. So check this out.
right. So that's Alpha. And uh, I'm excited because... Our youth are going to be doing Alpha at the same exact time as well. There's a youth version, and so Andrew and Madison have planned so that they're going to go through that at the same time. And this might convince you. It might push you over the edge. We're going to serve dinner every single night at Alpha. And so I don't know about you, but come dinner time on Sunday, I'm just so tired. I don't even want to do anything. And so you can just come, and we'll take care of you. We'll feed you, okay? We're going to have a great, great time. I want to take just a moment. We do this every Sunday, and we celebrate. Uh, one of our values of generosity, the way we say it around here is this. We say, we live with open hands. And I want to read a verse, and then I want to give a shout out to one of our dream teams. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18 says this. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, How can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And you know, there's not a week, I don't think, that goes by at Harvest that that verse isn't being lived out through the various ministries and things that are happening around Harvest. But I have to give one particular shout out today because yesterday was our food pantry uh, weekend. And not only did we have to move it because of some logistics, but it snowed yesterday. Did you guys like the snow? Um, It snowed. It was, that was wild. And here's some pictures. This is our food pantry team in the middle. Listen, they're better than the U.S. Post Service, okay? I mean, they were not, like, we got up and we're enjoying the snow at the house. I'm drinking coffee. I'm in my, my PJs. And then Lisa goes, oh my goodness, it's food pantry day. Do you think they're still doing food pantry? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I looked on our cameras and I'm like, oh my goodness, Lisa, they are doing it right now. They're, they are out in the snow. They're giving, I mean, absolutely, absolutely incredible. And so dream team, food pantry dream team, way to go. Mike Pittman and your team, I'm just so, 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 so proud of you. And, and this, is, this is the deal. When we talk about living generously, I mean, yes, it requires uh, financial sacrifice, it, but it, it's a lot more. I think this team, they, they took it to heart and they said, you know what? We're going to bundle up. We're going to get out. We're going to live with open hands. And I just, I love, oh, y'all make me so proud. I'm just telling you, you make me so, so, so proud. So I want I want to pray over you because uh, some of you today are making the decision to live generously. You might give in one of our, our boxes on the way out. You might give online. There's a lot of ways to do that. And, uh, and I, I'll just tell you this. I love this season that we're in as a church because I can confidently tell you that we, I'm not telling you about finances because we're desperately in need of it. It's because I want to invite you into what I believe is the greatest adventure of following Jesus. And one of the things that, that that it requires is us surrendering not just our finances, but our entire lives. And so thank you for doing that. And I just want to pray over you this morning. So let, let me do that. Father, I'm so thankful for a church that has made a decision to live with open hands. We celebrate what was happening yesterday through food pantry. And today, as families are making a decision uh, to live generously and to participate in, uh, in financially being a part of everything at Harvest, Lord, I just pray your blessing, your faith 
favor upon every person that's giving today, every family. I pray that every promise in your word uh, around this idea of generosity would come true in every one of our lives. And Lord, thank you for the chance to live generously in Albuquerque. And Lord, as we do that, may the love of Christ be shown in everything that we do, everywhere that we go, everything that we say. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Well, um, on your way in, you should have received a key. Um, this is going to be for the message that's happening today. But I know that it's always a little crazy as everyone's coming in and there's a lot going on. And so if you did not receive a key, I want to get one into your hand. And so our team is ready for that. If you did not, would you just raise your hand right now? And our hospitality team is ready. And they're going to bring you a key. And you're going to want this. And just, just hold on to it. It's for the end of the message. And guys, I am excited uh, for today's message because uh, we have a very special guest speaker today. Um, you may not know this, but my parents, uh, Mike and Becky Dickinson, they're the founders of this church. I grew up here. I was 11 years old when the church started, and never, ever, ever did I imagine that I would be back here. Never did Lisa and I imagine that we would be back here. And it is just so much fun, not just being here, but being able to share it with my parents. They live uh, three blocks from us, and uh, they're very busy. They're actually uh, the overseers for uh, our denomination here in New Mexico, the Assemblies of God, and so they're constantly traveling and doing all kinds of stuff, but I try. I try to get mom and dad to be here a couple of Sundays a year, and when they're able to be here, I love when dad is able to preach here at Harvest, so we booked this quite some time ago. I got to get way out on his schedule to make this work. And I, and I told him, we, we were still in 2023, and I said, Dad, we're going to be talking about Jesus over everything. Would you just, would you put it on your calendar, join us early 24, and help us with this theme, Jesus over everything. And so today's the day. Today worked, and I'm so, so excited for it. I just, I love my mom and dad so, so much. I'm thankful for the example uh, that they set for me and my brother. I, I'm thankful for their, their continued involvement uh, in our lives and our kids' lives. Uh, most Sundays, they're traveling, and uh, they'll leave whatever city they're in, and they tune in to Harvest, to their podcast, and they'll listen in. And he calls me you know, every Sunday afternoon. He'll say, Jay, great message. And he's told me that every time, and I've begun to believe that, um, that it's not true, because they're not all great. But he tells me they're all great, and uh, I just I, I, I can't tell you how thankful I am for his involvement in our lives, and I'm thankful that he gets to be a part of your life through this ministry today. And so would you help me today? Would you welcome my dad as he comes to share today? Good morning, everyone. Wow, I love the announcements this morning. The one I think I, I love the most was that, that parents' night out where you drop your kids off on Friday evening and pick them up on Sunday afternoon or something like that. I, you know, I don't know if I caught all the details, but uh, I mean, the only rule we had when Becky and I were pastoring the church was that you had to take at least as many kids home with you as you brought to church. 
You could mix and match. You could, we didn't care, but uh, just don't leave them here. <laughs> don't leave them here. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. It's really an honor uh, to be able to be a part of this day. Uh, it's a privilege for Becky and I to be able to be here. She gets to be here a lot more than, than I do, but uh, it's good to be home. It's good to be part of what God is doing here. I, uh, Pastor Jason commented on this a moment ago, but 34 years ago, I thought about this yesterday, 34 years ago in January, there's a group of people that gathered right out here on this property about where we are. And we had an official groundbreaking to declare that this church was going to be built. And as we were gathering on that day, we decided to put a sign up out front announcing that. And uh, Pastor Jason was part of that. And I remember us going there and we were using post hole diggers to dig the holes for the sign to go up. And as we were digging that, the holes for the sign, the sign was declaring, coming soon, the church, opening Easter Sunday, all of those things. I will never forget that moment. Because as I was digging those holes, the, the voice of the enemy, have you ever heard the voice of the enemy? The voice of the enemy, it seems like every demon in hell was screaming into my spirit. You fool, you fool, you fool. Because thousands of cars are going to drive by and they're going to see this sign declaring the opening of a new church, but it's not going to work. We erected the sign anyway. And 34 years later, we sit here this morning and I just want to declare that Harvest is doing well, alive and well. And you are that church. Let's give God praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to be able to talk about Jesus over everything. I love that theme, don't you? I, uh, I, I remember hearing it when it was announced. I don't know what went, your, went through your mind. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you just kind of hear those things and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, or if you perhaps pause and think, uh, what are we going to be talking about here? Uh, is this going to be a comfortable series or an uncomfortable series? You know what I'm talking about? You know, there's some sermons that you can just, you can just enjoy. And there are other sermons that get personal. You know what I'm talking about? And we're thinking, uh, is this, where, where does this theme fit in? This Jesus over everything. And then as the series uh, began to develop, uh, I, I drove by here a few weeks ago, and, and many went public. I mean, there's a banner out front. We're not just saying it inside the walls. We're saying it for the whole world. Jesus over everything. And I know the wind blew away the sign. But I want you to think about this theme this morning. I've loved hearing every sermon over the last number of weeks and I've heard Pastor Jason talking about the fact that a few weeks ago, he made a list of things. And, and obviously, it's an endless list of all the things that Jesus is over. He's over sickness, and he's over the storms in our lives, and he's over our finances, and our health, and our relationships, and he's over politics. And I mean, we could go on and on and on. Jesus is over everything that we encounter and all around us in our world. Aren't you thankful for that? But for these moments that we have together this, 
this morning, I want to shift the focus a little bit. Because I'm really, really glad, and there'll be plenty of things to talk about with this, that Jesus is over everything around us. But for these moments, I want to get real personal. And I want to talk about Jesus being over everything in us, in us, in our hearts. Pastor Jason's sermon last Sunday, I did exactly what he said a few moments ago because I preached in Las Cruces and we started to leave and we paused for a moment, brought up harvest on our, our, our phones and Pastor Jason started preaching and I thought, wow, where's he going with this? Because he began to talk about the fact that, that, that Jesus is supreme. He's supreme over everything. He's supreme over all creation. And I knew kind of where the Holy Spirit was taking me today. And as a matter of fact, it wasn't long after that I, I, told, I told Becky, I said, uh, she was here. So she heard it in person and we were talking about it. And I said, actually, Pastor Jason preached part one of a two-part sermon that I'll finish next Sunday because it all fits together. And I had this thought that I think, I don't know for sure, but I think maybe God did that because he knew that, uh, that this two-part would be a really long sermon and neither Pastor Jason nor I know, to pre know how to preach short sermons. But Jesus is supreme. He talked about the fact that he's the supreme authority. He is the highest in rank. He is the ultimate or the final authority. Jesus over everything. You may, you may notice, I think there are a couple of times when this slide shows up while I'm speaking this morning, but I added, a, I added another word in that. The word almost. Jesus over almost everything. Isn't it interesting when, when we're talking about Jesus over the storms, we want him to be over everything. When we're talking about the problems that we encounter, we want Jesus to be over everything. But when we're talking about our lives, there may be times that we want to add that word almost. Almost everything. How many of you have ever stayed in an Airbnb or a VRBO, uh, short-term rental, anything like that? We could relate it to a lot of things. Isn't it interesting? You, you drive up in front of this house that you didn't even know where it was. And now you're driving up there. Maybe it's dark and they've given you access to be able to get in. And you, you get in the front door and you're beginning to explore. You're beginning to explore and you're, you're checking out what's, what's in this room and what's in this room and what's in this room. And you begin to open another door but it's locked it's locked you don't have a key to it they'll give you access to everything but that room everything but that room that room is off limits here's the question this morning is there any area in your life where Jesus does not reign supreme You were given a key when you came in this morning. I want you to take that key and put it in your hand for a moment. We'll come back to this at the end. I want you to hold that key. I want you to close your hand 
on that key. That key represents total access. Total access. That key represents the master key. When that key is in use, there are no off-limits closets. We're going to talk about that today. Jesus over almost everything. And as you do basically every Sunday before we jump into this, even while you're holding that key, I want us to pray. I want us to give God permission into every place in our hearts. I want us to give God permission to talk to me about this key, all access. Could we do that? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have brought us to this moment in time. We're here on purpose, God. We're here by design. You knew we were going to be here before we ever even made the plan. And God, you have set up this day to talk to us, to speak to us, to knock on the door of our hearts, God, and to, God, to help us, God, to come to grips with what it really means for you to be Jesus over everything. God, I pray that you will uh, that you'll come near to us. Help us to recognize we don't have to be afraid of you, that you love us, that you want the very best for us. As today, Jesus, we take the almost out of this and we say, Jesus, we want you to be over everything. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Jesus over everything is about lordship. Again, Pastor Jason last weekend talked about the fact that Jesus reigns supreme. He's the supreme authority. He's the supreme power. But lordship makes it really, really personal. That, that word lordship, some of the definitions of that would mean complete overseer. Overseer. Master. Authority. Divine ultimate authority in our lives. Philippians chapter 2 makes it very clear that in, that in all the universe there's only one Lord and that is Jesus. That he is Lord and ultimately, ultimately, not today, but ultimately every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. But does Jesus over everything, it's, it's about Jesus being the Lord in our lives. How many of you have ever played tug of war? It's an interesting game, isn't it? Have you ever struggled in tug of war? I saw this slide a couple of days ago. Thank you, Tyler, for helping us put this together. And I, I looked at this slide and I, I thought, uh, that looks like a fun game of tug of war. It doesn't necessarily look like an intense game of tug of war. How many of you know tug of war sometimes will take you where you don't want to go? Have you ever lost control while playing tug of war? I want you to think about this, though, because until you have settled the issue of lordship in your life, your life will always be a continual tug of war. The enemy will make sure that you have those, those moments where, where Jesus is Lord, 
almost. You think about young children in tug of war, and they don't even have to have a rope to play that game because it starts with a toy that says, it's mine. And another child that grabs a hold of the same toy and says, I want that. You probably never experienced that at your house, but it's the, it's the nature of, of humanity. And I just want to remind us this morning, lordship is not a surface thing. Lordship isn't just about things that don't matter. Lordship is about the things that matter most. The things that matter most in our lives and how we handle those things. There's some portions of Scripture that I want us to go to for a few moments this morning. The first one's in Matthew 19. Very familiar story. It's the story of the rich man. The rich man. Verse 16, another day, a man stopped Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good, and if you want to enter the life of God, just do what he tells you. The man asked, what in particular? And Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie. Honor your father and mother, honor your, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said, I've done all that. What's left? If you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions and give everything. Everything. There's part of me that wants to circle that word everything because remember we're talking about Jesus over almost everything. Go sell your possessions and give everything to the poor and all your wealth will then be in heaven. Then come and follow me. That was the last thing the young man expected to hear. And so crestfallen, He walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things. And he couldn't bear to let them go. Wow. He was holding on tight to a lot of things. And he couldn't bear to let them go. The New Living Translation says it like this. That when the young man heard this, he went away sad. For he had many possessions. The problem wasn't the possessions. The problem was... Everything. The Amplified Version says it like this. He owned much property and many possessions which he treasured. Notice that word. He treasured more than his relationship with God. And again, the message translation says he was holding on tight. Isn't it interesting how we sometimes hold on tight? we hold on tight, I'll use this key again just for myself. When we're holding on tight. Have you ever as a parent had to pry something out of your children's hands? <laughs> and they're holding on tight. And it's a wrestling match as you pull one finger after another. We're going we're gonna to get there. He was holding on tight. To a lot of things. The things were not the problem. The problem was that he was holding on tight. And he couldn't bear to let go. And because of this he went away sad. He came asking for the key to eternal life. But he walked away sad because he had great possessions. 
He wanted Jesus, but he didn't want Jesus over everything. Then in Matthew's gospel, 13th chapter, you find this brief story that Jesus tells. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. You're going to notice that word treasure popping up here. It's like a treasure that a man discovered. Have you ever discovered a treasure? <laughs> he discovered the treasure. I don't, we don't know a lot about this, but in this story, he discovered a treasure hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again. <laughs> and he went and sold everything he owned. Everything he owned. Why? To get enough money to buy the field because he wanted to get the treasure. There's some key words in this verse, and one of those, of course, is treasure. Let me just remind us this morning. Treasure doesn't describe just anything. Treasure defines your priorities. There are a lot of things that matter, but they don't matter a lot. But treasure matters a lot. It matters enough to this man that he sold everything. He sold everything so he could go all in so that he could obtain the treasure. Back in Matthew 19, the story of the rich man, he had property and possessions which he treasured. He wanted to hang on to those. And in this story, the man discovered treasure. And when he did, he measured the treasure against everything that he had. It's very obvious he had a lot of stuff because he went and he sold everything in order to have that treasure in his life. I want you to think about this because I told you earlier that Jesus over everything is it's about lordship. And I want us to think about this this morning. Where, where does lordship, the concept of lordship, where does it bump into walls in your life? Where does lordship maybe cause you to be a bit uncomfortable? Where does lordship encounter maybe a closet that you've got the key to, but you're not willing to let go of? What pushes back against lordship in your life? Is there anything in your life that stands in the way of Jesus over everything? I want to go to another portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6. And I want to talk about Jesus over everything, which also deals with money. Someone might whisper to someone else, he's going to talk about what? How many of you know Jesus talked about money? He actually talked about money a lot. Matthew chapter 6 is part of the Beatitudes. And man, the Beatitudes, I like the Beatitudes. I really do. At least most of them. I love the Beatitudes, really. He, talk, he talks about blessed are the pure in heart, and blessed are the peacemakers, and blessed are the merciful. And he talks about salt and light, and the fact that you are the salt of the earth, and you're the light of the world. He talks about loving our enemies. That gets a little personal sometime. He talks about giving to the needy. We talked about that a little earlier. He talks about prayer and fasting, and then he, he gives us that wonderful prayer we call the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. I mean, there are a lot of real Really neat things. And then Jesus gets really personal. Verse 19. 
In my Bible, the heading over this next segment is money and possessions. Isn't it interesting that we don't mind God talking about money and possessions in other people's lives, but sometimes if it's us, it's personal. Don't get uptight. Don't zone out. But Jesus said these words, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then he really wraps it up when he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He speaks volumes in that statement. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. By the way, you can switch that around. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be as well. Here's the bottom line. It's all about the treasure. It's not about the money. It's about the treasure. How do we handle the treasure in our lives? What does it really mean when we're talking about Jesus over everything? When Jesus is over everything, I'm telling you, it will, it will flip the script in your life and it will cause things that used to be treasure to no longer be that important. And it will make Jesus the most important treasure in your life. I thought about this yesterday, so this will not be on your screen, but I was reminded of John chapter 12 where that Jesus was visiting in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. These are dear friends of his, and they're eating a meal together. And as they are there together, Mary gets up, and she picks up an alabaster jar, the scripture says, filled with a, nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume. I don't have time to go into all the background on this, but just catch that. A, nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume. The purest extract of the nard. And what does she do? She goes over and she anoints the feet of Jesus. She pours out that, that costly perfume. She pours it out on the feet of Jesus. Uh, and then she, she dries his feet with her hair. And the fragrance of the costly oil filled the room. I don't want you to miss this because here is this alabaster jar filled with this priceless expensive perfume that is not designed to be poured out in this life it's designed to be used when the person dies and and they, they anoint that body at that time and she pours it out she pours it out it establishes the, 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 the priority. Uh, it, it establishes the fact that, that she understands there's, there's so much more important than hanging on to treasure. I mentioned children earlier, some of the tug of wars that, get, that they get into. Isn't it interesting, parents, that you don't have to train your babies how to grab a hold of something and say, Mine. 
You never have to set him down and teach him that. What you have to do is teach him how to let go, don't you? It's a principle that's just part of, of, of humanity. It's, it's, it's where we are. The question I would ask you today, have you come to the place where that Jesus is really over everything? Because Jesus and Jesus alone really is your treasure. And because of this, he has your heart. Have you come to that place where that, where that you have truly surrendered it all to Jesus? Everything. In Matthew 19, once again, the rich man went away sorrowful. He came desiring eternal life, but he went away sorrowful because he had a lot of stuff. And that stuff that had become his treasure, and he couldn't let go of his stuff because that had become his treasure. In Matthew 13, the man found a treasure, and in his excitement, he sold everything because he wanted to have the right treasure. Jesus talking about money there in Matthew chapter 6. And some people, they, they get a little nervous about this. They're saying, all God wants is my money. Let me just set your heart at ease this morning and your mind at ease. Uh, God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money. I'll tell you what he wants is your heart. He wants your heart. He's looking at your heart. And he knows that your heart and your treasure will always be connected. Where your treasure is, your heart will be there. And by the way, when God's Word talks about generosity in the Word of God, He's not trying to get into your pocketbook or into your bank account. What He's really trying to do is get into your heart. And God knows that when He gets into your heart, changes everything. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about... You know, sometimes we have a hard time sorting this out. Think about this again. God's talking about treasure, and, and we're, we're, we're getting a little bit nervous. Uh, I want you to think back. For those of you who are, who are married, think back to your wedding day. I have officiated with a lot of weddings. I've had a lot of brides and grooms and bridesmaids and groomsmen, they're standing there. It's wedding day. It's a, you know, it, it, it is the moment that has been the buildup. Uh, and there are a lot of things going through the mind of, of, of a bride and a groom as they stand there on that day. But I've never one time, I've never one time been aware that as they're standing there facing one another, you know, with so much love in their eyes uh, that all of a sudden the, the, the groom would be thinking, how much is this going to cost me? This could cost a lot. I've watched the groomsmen, by the way, in the middle of weddings uh, at certain moments where they're, they're kind of whispering to one another. I've never one time heard those groomsmen saying, it's going to cost him a lot. As of today, my wife and I have been married 18,889 days. Becky asked me last night, she said, now how many days have we been married? I, I had checked yesterday. And I said, 18,888. But tomorrow, it's 89. We didn't sit, we didn't stand there, you know, when we were getting married thinking, how much is this going to cost me? And could I just tell you, 18,889 days later, best deal ever. 
Now that, that, that's humanity. That's down here. But could I just tell you, when we're talking about the treasure of God, when the Bible, when the Bible talks about Jesus over everything, you don't have to get nervous about it. You don't have to back away from it. And, and when, the, when the Bible talks about things like the tithe that already belongs to God, by the way, when he talks about uh, generosity, when, it, when he talks about those things, uh, whether it's in his hand or in your hand, God is talking about our hearts. And when you really settle the issue of lordship in your life, uh, and when you really understand that, you begin to understand treasure, and it all belongs to him because you belong to him. Jesus over almost everything. I want you to take that key again. I want you to hold it in your hand. I want you to stand with me across this room. I want you to think about this whole idea of Jesus over everything. This key represents total access. Total authority. As I was preparing for this moment, the Lord took me back to a moment in time 55 years ago. Becky and I were at a youth camp together, teenagers. And on a Thursday night at youth camp at Turner Falls in Oklahoma, I crossed over a threshold that night that was second only in importance in my life to the day that I invited Jesus to come into my life. But on that Thursday night, I gave Jesus this key. Total, total access. To be honest with you, I didn't go to camp planning on doing that. I really didn't. I went to camp just to have a good time, have fun. But on that Thursday night, Jesus came knocking on my heart to talk to me about Jesus over everything. And that night, I literally said, Lord, I, I surrender all. And in doing so, I said, God, from this moment forward, my life belongs to you. And I'll leave all the assignments up to you. Everything in my life, everything in my life from that moment to this is framed by that night. That night. Have there ever been any tug of wars? There have. 34 years ago, my wife and I were happily pastoring church across town, Central Assembly of God at that time. And we were happy with where we were. And we were doing well with where we were. And God came along and said, I've got a different plan. And there's a part of my humanity that kind of wanted to grab that key and say, pull it back in, pull it back in. 
I remember even processing some really self-centered things. I thought about the church that I was pastoring and I, I'd read some of the statistics and I remember the thought going through my mind. I mean, I'm 37 years old and I'm pastoring this church and this church within our fellowship was among the top 14% churches in the Assemblies of God. And I thought, I don't want to give that up. Then Jesus took me back to the key. (laughs) Jesus over not almost everything, but Jesus over everything. I don't want to start over, God. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to walk away, and he's calling us to plant this church. I don't want to walk away. I don't want to go from salary to zero. I don't want to go from a church to, to a potential church. Are you with me? It's out of that that I learned that there's no ground zero with God anyway. He, he sees a much bigger picture. Jesus over everything. Some years went by. We planted this church 20 years ago. Jesus came along at another time and said, I want you to let go. One of the things that, one of the things that Jesus over everything will do is that Jesus over everything will constantly involve letting go so he can give you what you've never had before. And Jesus came along and began to knock on our door and I will tell you, I tell people this day, hardest decision Becky and I ever made in our lives. I still get emotional to this day every time I think about it. Was to walk away and to walk into a new assignment. And I'll never forget the morning when the final decision had to be made on that. And I was talking to God and tears were rolling down my face and God was talking to me about Jesus over everything and I was struggling with it tug of war and the Holy Spirit said he took me back to that Thursday night at the youth camp at Turner Falls and he basically said did you mean it then and do you mean it now And to be honest with you, my first response to him was, yes, Lord, but (laughs) I know you probably never have those conversations. But God, in his loving and also very clear way, said, no buts. Either I'm Lord or I'm not. There's no middle ground. Almost everything doesn't cut it. And here we are these years later Jesus over everything the key that you hold in your hand represents and I want you to hear this the key that you hold in your hand represents the difference between Jesus over almost everything and Jesus over everything I've got a feeling that when your pastor announced this as the theme of this year, there's a likelihood. I mean, we're only in February. I don't know where this is going, but I've got a feeling this won't be the last time God's going to knock on your door. Because Jesus being over everything changes everything. It changes 
everything. And that key represents being able to take the almost out of that and to truly say Jesus is over everything. I think God set up this morning for us. Every one of us hold that key in our hand. It represents total surrender, total access. The question is, is there any area in your life that you have not totally surrendered to him? It represents maybe an area in your life that you're struggling with right now. Have you ever taken the key back from God? <laughs> in a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. It's a powerful thought, song about just what we're talking about. I'll tell you what I want us to do. I want you to hold that key in your hand. I want you to think about what it represents. And while this song is being sung, I want every person in the room to just ask yourself, where's my treasure? Is Jesus truly over everything? And if there's an area in your life that you just know <laughs> this key represents that total access you need to let go of, even as we're singing, I want you to bring that key. I want you to step out from where you are, come down from the balcony. I want you to bring that key to the front. I want you to just lay it down anywhere up here. You can just lay it down anywhere here on the stage. And then I want you to stay here. I'm going to come back and I want to pray because we're going to give it to God. And when you leave today, you're not going to take the key with you. We're going to leave it there. It belongs to Him. Are you with me? I want, to, I want to just pray because I want, I want the Holy Spirit to really cause our hearts to be responsive to what he's talking to us about today. Lord, thank you for, for getting personal with us. God, thank you for reminding us of what treasure is really all about and what lordship is really all about. And thank you, Lord, that you desire the very best for us. It's our humanity that gets in the way. It's our lives that get in the way. God, I pray that in these next few moments that we will surrender. God, I know, I know, I know that there are many in this room, God, that there, there are areas in our lives that, that we, may, we may try to push them aside, but we know that there are areas in our lives that we struggle over control and we struggle over release. We struggle over truly surrendering everything we struggle over trusting you with certain components but God I pray that in these next few moments God we'll bring these keys that represent total access and we'll leave them with you our lives will never be the same our lives will be richer and better because it's always better when Jesus is over everything God, I pray that you'll work supernaturally in our lives, even as we're singing this song together and we're coming forward with this. Jesus, right now, I give it to you. I want Jesus over everything. As the worship teams leads us, 
As the Holy Spirit prompts your heart, I want you to bring those keys. I want you to lay them here. I want you to stay here close to the front. We're going to pray. God's going to seal this today. Worship team, would you come? Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.